We're going to be in Amos chapter 5, and tonight, I just before I get started, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, it, it's a blessing to, uh, you know, as, as sinful as this generation is, it's really a blessing that God has put me in a position to uh, be a role model for others, because um, it's nothing that I do, it's just giving my trust to Him and letting Him work through me, but, um, I'm blessed. He's blessed my life, and He's given me so many opportunities to uh, live for Him, and I want to do that to the best I can, because it's not me. It's not me at all. But um, also, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but since December, I've started this weight loss journey, and um, December 5th was when I officially started. I was 256 pounds on that day. Today it's February 16th, and I'm 219. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's killing me over here. But uh, I didn't do that for an applause. Um, I, I just wanted to let you guys know that, you know, when you put your mind to something, you can do it. Don't be afraid to do it. And that, that goes for anything, especially Christianity, you know, when, 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 you're, you're felt led to do something, do it. Don't waste time because you're going to look back and man, man, I wish I did that. I wish I would have done that. But now there's nothing you can do. You only have now. We only have now to do something. So let's do it. And don't even think about it. Just do it. But tonight we're going to be in Amos chapter 5. Oh, that's my message, by the way. That's it. That's, that's, that's the end. I'm just kidding. All right. Chapter 5. And tonight I'm going to be talking about... Um, you know, uh, I've talked about lukewarm Christians a lot, but I figured I'd do it again tonight because why not? Um, because it, it's a serious topic. It's almost, no, it is more detrimental to Christianity than atheists. Lukewarm Christians are very detrimental to Christianity because they make, they make us, for one, look bad. And they like, you know, people on the outside like to attach these labels to Christianity, like, oh, the Catholics, the Protestants, the, uh, all, these, all these different things that are nowhere near what we are. And we, I, don't, I don't like being attached to them because they don't believe what I believe. They're, they're wrong in their ways. But anyways, uh, lukewarm Christians. We're going to talk about uh, Israel tonight and how Israel was maybe a little worse than lukewarm because you know they were on again off again kind of when when they were in the when they were on the mountaintops they they praised God right but when things went wrong they were blaming God they did their own things i mean they were they were they were they were whores they were doing everything that that they were not supposed to everything that commanded them otherwise they went against so we're going to read in Amos chapter 5, and we're going to tie this in with my lesson tonight. And it says, I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, Hear ye the, this word which I take up against you, even a lamentation, O house of Israel. The virgin of Israel has, is fallen. She shall no more rise. She is forsaken upon her land. There is none to raise her up. For thus saith the Lord God, for thus saith the Lord God, the city that went out by a thousand shall leave an hundred, and that which went forth by an hundred shall leave ten to the house of Israel. For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. But seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not 
and pass not to Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to naught. Seek the Lord, and ye shall live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it, and there be none to quench it in Bethel. Ye who turn judgment, it, ye who turn judgment to warm wood, and leave off righteousness in the earth. All right, I'm going to stop there. So what are we talking about here? Verse 5, it says, But seek not Bethel, uh, or verse 4, For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. So if we are seeking after Jesus, or we are seeking after the Lord, who, what are we to do? We are to live the way he has commanded us to live. But clearly Israel isn't doing that here. That's why, that's why a lot of these, these prophets wrote what they wrote, because Israel was messing up big time. And there was a warning for that, more than just a warning. There was a, a, a prophecy, and it came to be fulfilled. But we're going to talk about this. Uh, seek, seek him, and maketh the seven stars of Orion, and turneth the shadow of death into the morning, and maketh the day, day dark with night. And I call it for the waters of the sea, and pour them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. Now strengtheneth the spoiled against the strong, so that the spoiled shall come against the fortress. They hate him that rebuketh in the gate, they, and they abhor him that speaketh uprightly. For as much therefore as ye, your tr- treading is upon the poor, and ye take from the burdens of wheat, ye, ye have built houses of hewn stone, and ye shall not dwell in them. Ye have planted pleasant vineyards, but ye shall not drink wine of them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. They afflict the just, they take a bribe, and they turn aside the poor in the gate from the right. Therefore the prudent shall keep silence in that time, for it is an evil time. This is the verse I want to touch on. Seek good and not evil, that ye may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as ye have spoken. Seek good and not evil, that ye may live. So, what is good? What is good? Because in 2021, good is a whole new word. Just about anything is good anymore. Well, anything that's bad is good anymore. And anything that's bad is anything that's bad is good, and vice versa. We've turned sin into uh, appropriation because we like to use that word. Uh, uh, what's that word? Uh, conform. We 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 want we they want us to conform to their ways because they decided that oh we're gonna have this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this uh, LGBT. Yeah, I always harp on them, but you know it, it, it's one of the biggest things out right now. Uh, obviously, we can talk about the drunkards, we can talk about the the adulterers, we can talk, but we're talking about everything because it, it seems like everything that is bad in the world has been made good. Sin is put on a pedestal and treated like like a like a special a special uh, trophy, like you get an award for being gay. Are you getting an award for being an adulterer? Have you seen how people love each other nowadays? It's atrocious, especially for my generation. There's no such thing as love anymore. It's out the window. It's gone. There is no such thing as love anymore. To the few that do love each other, I, I respect that. And, you know, that, that can only happen with God. True love can only happen with God in the relationship because the man will love God and he will submit to God. And the woman will submit to him. And there will be three in the relationship. There's not two in a relationship. There's three. Because God 
has to make the approval. You can't intermingle either. You have, you have a, a Christian and a non-Christian. It doesn't matter what they believe. If they're not Christian, it's wrong because you can't intermingle faiths. So as soon as you have that, you have a broken relationship, it's not going to work out. It never works out. But tonight I'm talking about the evilness that so-called Christians are, are, are wrongfully doing. And there's no rightful way to do sin. I'm, I'm just saying. We are, we are living in a time... We are living in a time where sin gets put on a pedestal and good gets thrown to the wayside. What good is looked at as bad. Good is seen as, oh, you're you're an old head. You're a you're you're you don't you won't conform because that's not that's not what you grew up with. No, I'm not conforming because it's not right. And I'm glad I was raised right. I couldn't imagine being being grown up in a home that uh, accepted all that. It is, oh, come on, Jesus loves you, and, and no, that's not how this works. It's not how this works. Right. But for so long, we've had these principles, and you know, we've gone through, we've gone throughout time, and there has always been, there's, there's groups of people that have tried to pull Christianity down, but it's never worked. But now we are living in a time where, Opposing Christianity is almost becoming a majority. It's almost becoming a majority. And it, if Jesus tarries another 100 years, they probably will be the majority. And we'll be the ones being persecuted. More than we just, not, not just getting name called. We can deal with name calling. But we'll see who the real Christians are when they start cutting heads off. When they start, when ISIS gets in here. Because you know with the Democrat in office, it's going to be easy. All I'm going to say is ISIS, North Korea, they were all quiet when Trump was in office. But, no, I'm playing. The Republicans are getting just as bad now. Look at him. Look at Mitch McConnell. Okay, I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm done. For real, I'm done. I, I'm done. Anyways, we are living in a time where sin has getting put up on this pedestal. And we're going to read, the word, we're gonna read Amos, uh, Amos's words here. Uh, Seek good and not evil that ye may live, so the Lord the God of hosts shall be with you as ye have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good, and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto, unto the remnant of Joseph. Therefore the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord, the Lord saith thus, Wailing shall be in all streets, and they shall say in, the, in all the highways, Alas, alas, and they shall call the husbandmen to, to mourning, and such as are skillful of lamentation to wailing, and in all vineyards shall be wailing, for I will pass through thee, saith the Lord. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. Oh, hold on now. Doesn't that oppose what all these new Christianity, new, new Christian pa- pastors are saying? God is love. Yes, He is love. He is love, but here we are. The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. And for us, you know, we are going to have, we, there is that light at the end of the tunnel. We are going to be in eternal paradise with him. 
But for those who don't believe, for those who don't believe in their heart, what this word says, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. It's eternal darkness. Not just darkness. Fire. Brimstone. For eternity. Take a look at, you know, you can, you can, when you go to the beach, you can pick up the sand and have it in your hands, right? Imagine you have a handful of sand. Now look at the rest of the beach. Or go to a desert. Pick up some, pick up some, don't go to a desert, don't do that. But you pick up some sand at the desert and you have a handful of of, uh, sand in that desert. Now look across the desert. That's your life compared to eternity. All this, yeah, right. Now imagine that de- desert was eternal. Because from what you can see, it is eternal. It just goes on forever. But we're talking about real eternity here. That little handful of, of sand is about that much compared to this eternity that never stops. Forever and ever and ever. And there is no end. There was never a start. There was a start to humanity, but there was never a start to God. And there's no end. In order to have an end, you have to have a start. Think about that for a second. Right. And to the scientists who like to, like to talk about the Big Bang, that still doesn't make sense because you can't create life from an explosion. Life doesn't come from, a rock is, rock doesn't live. It's a non-living thing. But these people have, these people have doctorates and they hang them on their wall. And, and, and in a man-made mind, it all makes sense. Oh, this makes sense. How does it make sense? You haven't even thought about what you think. They say it's crazy to believe in a God to create this world, but they believe that we derive from monkeys when there's no proof whatsoever of it. They call us crazy because we have the faith to believe that Jesus died for our sins and we have hope. They have no hope. What are they going to tell us? You know, an atheist will, will believe for just a split second when, some, when something bad happens to him. When a family member dies, because rest and peace can't happen if you don't know the Lord. And in our case, resting isn't sleep. We're not going to be sleeping in heaven. We're going to have eternal rest, but we're not sleeping. We're going to be in the presence of God. An eternal presence with God. Who wouldn't want to be there? It's not that people don't believe. It's that they don't want it to be true. Because they're so ashamed of what, of what their life is. They're ashamed of who they are. Let me tell you something. You don't have to be ashamed of who you are because Jesus already paid for your sins. Be ashamed of the sins you've committed, but turn away from it. Jesus is not going to condemn you if you come to him and you turn away from your sins. He already paid your price. But if you don't turn, or the lukewarms, if you, if, you, if, you think, if you think you're coming to Jesus, but you're still committing sin, you haven't done a single thing. You haven't done anything. You're just as bad as the atheists. You don't believe in your heart. Because one thing comes out of your mouth, and another thing comes from your actions.
And actions speak a lot louder than words. I don't know how long that's been a phrase, but it's, it's true. We don't live in a time where Christianity is popular. We live in a time where it's being con- condemned. Where people are losing their jobs because of it. People are losing their status. And I don't care about a personal status, but it's a shame that someone can't admit that they're a Christ follower to someone without being afraid of being ridiculed. Which, by the way, if you're afraid of being ridiculed, stand up for yourself. Jesus died on a cross for you. Look at, look at all, all of the disciples. The, the apostle Paul, look what he went through. Look what everybody in this Bible who witnessed Jesus. If they didn't know 100% that Jesus was the Son of God, why would they have died for him? Why would Jesus have died if he wasn't the Son of God? Why would he have gone on the cross? And how would he have come back to life? Riddle me that. Because no normal man can do that. And if Jesus isn't the Son of God, then his death means nothing. But he is the Son of God. And his death means everything to us. His resurrection means everything to us. His life means everything to me. It means everything to you. And without that, we are nothing. Without the hand of God by our side, without him walking us, we would be nothing. We are nothing. And you hear athletes say it all the time, I want to thank God because this is, without him, nothing would be possible. No kidding, it wouldn't be possible. Without God, we wouldn't be here. There would be no earth. But thank God there is a God. Hold on. Did I just say that right? There is a God. And he loves you so much. But now, let's go to verse 24. Let's read on what Amos has to say. Or right, let's go to, let's go to uh, 20. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat, and your meat offerings, I will not accept them, neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vows. But let judgment run down as waters and righteousness as a, hot, as a mighty stream. Amen. Because you can sing, oh, how I love Jesus. But if you don't really love Jesus in your heart, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. How I love Jesus. But I'm going to go to the bar tonight because that's what I want to do. I'm going to go hang out with friends and, and, and do all these things. I'm going to go smoke marijuana. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And then tomorrow morning we're going to hit up the church because we feel called. We want, to be, we want to be in the house of the Lord. When you come in the house of the Lord with marijuana in your system, alcohol in your system, you aren't doing anything for yourself, you're not doing anything for Jesus, and you're doing a vile work. And no matter how many times you donate money to charity, how many times you feed the poor, it means nothing without Jesus Christ. You may be helping humanity, but humanity only lasts this long. When this world stops, all the record books that you ever heard of, all these things that you ever heard of, they go out the window. They don't matter anymore. They're gone. The only thing that's going to matter when you die, it won't matter what college you went to. It won't matter how, how, how much school you did. It won't matter what you knew. It won't matter what you learned. It won't matter what job you worked. It won't matter how much your house was worth. It won't matter a stupid thing. The only thing that's going to matter is if you had Jesus Christ in your heart and if you lived your life for him. That's the only thing that's going to matter. And if you didn't have Jesus in your heart, then you wasted your life and you're going into the pit of hell. 
and soon to be eternal lake of fire. Nobody wants to hear that anymore. Christian pastors don't want to teach that anymore because they're afraid that people are going to leave their church because they are about personal status. They're about personal status. I want as many people in my church, but I'm leading them all to hell because I'm not teaching them the truth. How many thousands of people are being blinded every day? They're leading a false, a wolf in sheep clothing every day. But he's such a good man. There is no such thing as a good man, no good woman. There's no such thing as that. The only good person who ever lived on this earth was Jesus Christ. It's not about how many people show up in your church. If you have three people in your church, you better teach them the truth. Because guess what? I'm going to take 100%. Uh, we're, we're talking about rates of people being saved. I take three people, 100% of them are saved. Then thousands of people and 0% of them are saved. I'm not worried about teaching people something, a lie, to make them feel better. That's only going to last a few something years. Because when their life ends, and you're, you're, in front, you're in front of God himself, the Lord, and you thought you lived your life for him, but it turns out you didn't because you were, let, you were lied to by a man or a woman because they, they, they got woman pastors now who told you a lie who read from a false Bible, who never turned over to, to, the, to, the, to the prophets. They never read Lamentations to you. They never read Revelation to you. Everybody loves the New Testament, but they leave out that last book. Why? Because it has a bunch, a bunch of truth in it. We'll read, we'll read, we'll read the, the Gospel, the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but when a part says that, oh, you have to do this to be saved, we'll skip over that part, because that, that don't matter. We'll skip over that. What are we doing? We're letting people teach other people that it's okay. You don't, there's no special requirement to go to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. If that were, if that were true, then why would there be this book? And by the way, for the atheists, if Christian was man-made, why would it go against everything that humanity wants to do? I'm sure someone didn't just come up one day and say, hey, I'm going to make this religion, and uh, it's going to be about everything that humans want to do. Everything against humans want to do. That sounds about as stupid as anything I've ever heard. And, you know... Modern-day Judaism, the Roman Catholics, Muslims, they all, get their, they all get their religion from, from a sample, a sample of the truth. But they're, they're, they're leaving a lie. They take that little sample of truth and they make it into something that's not true at all. And their Jesus isn't the same as my Jesus. See, Allah tells you to die for him. My God died for me. That's the difference. But I will die for him if I have to. If it ever comes to that, I will. I die daily. I die to self already. But here we are in this world. It tells us it's okay. It's not okay. 
Go to Lamentations. I thought this was going to be short, but I don't want to make any promises. I got five minutes. We're only going to read three or four verses of this. I'm going to get you out of here. All right. I'm going to read five verses. I'll start reading when I stop here and the pages flip. Lamentations 2. Two. All right. <clears throat> How hath the Lord covered the daughter of Zion with the cloud and his anger, and cast down from heaven unto the earth the beauty of Israel, and remembered not his footstool in the day of his anger. The Lord hath swallowed up all the habitations of Jacob, and, not, and hath not pitied. He hath thrown down in his wrath the strongholds of the daughter of Judah. He hath brought them down to, to the ground. He hath polluted the kingdom and the princes thereof. He hath cut off in his fierce anger all the horn of Israel. He hath drawn back his right hand from before the enemy, and he burned against Jacob like a flaming fire, which devoureth round about. He hath bent his bow like an enemy. He stood with his right hand as an adversary, and slew all that were pleasant to the eye in the tabernacle of the daughter of Zion. He poured out his fury like fire. The Lord was an enemy. He hath swallowed up Israel. He hath swallowed up all her, all her palaces. He hath destroyed his strongholds and hath increased in the daughter of Judah, mourning and lamentation. Let me ask you something. Is the Lord an enemy to you? We're going to close off with that. Is the Lord your God the best friend you can have? The Father? Or is he your ultimate enemy? Because there's no in-between. Either he's, your, he's the God you serve or he's your enemy. That's just how it is. There's no in-between. And if you're not living for him, he is your enemy. You are on the side of the Satan. And that, that, that lake of fire was created for Satan and the fallen angels. But it's created for the lost. He doesn't want any of us to go there. So why, why, why would you not make the decision today? Knowing that you could lose your life at any second. Any second. You could have a condition you may not even know about. You can get in a car accident. And I'm not going to come up with all the, I don't want you worrying about your life. Don't worry about that. If you know where you're going, you shouldn't be worried anyways. She'd probably be excited. I'm going to call my dad out. Um, last night, or it might have been the night before, uh, he, he shouldn't have told me this, but uh, it, w it was thundering outside, and you know he had the dog in his room or whatever, and we were asleep, and he heard thunder, and it woke him up. It was so loud that it woke him up. It, went, it woke him up. And he woke up, and he was excited because he thought the rapture was about to happen. He... he he, he, he said he got excited, and then he started hearing the dog pit, and he's like, Pff. but he was, that, you know, that's the feeling you have when you know you're saved. You're not worried, oh, oh, I'm left behind. You're not worried about being left behind because you know where you're going. So don't be left behind. If the rapture did, did happen today, are you going? If you die today, are you going to heaven? 
Make the right choice. And you know, this message, you know, I always have a message for the outsiders. But let it be known that there is no wrong way to Christ. The truth is the truth. Teach it. Be afraid. Don't be afraid of anything that anybody says. Because you're living for, for God. He's the ultimate decision maker. He's the ultimate, the, the last face you see. That's it. For those who get thrown in like a fire, it's the last thing they see. For those who enter into his kingdom, it's the first thing they see of eternity. And just peace. Make the decision today. Because there is, there is no, no wrong way. Except for the ways, of, you know what I'm talking about. No matter the life you've lived, what you've done, what you plan on doing, cut it here. You've only lived what you've lived. You still have a whole future ahead of you. Cut it here. Make the decision today. Start a new life. Today starts a new life for you. Make it worth something. God doesn't want to hear your noise if it's not, if it's not true. Just like he said in Amos 5.23. Well, you're, making, you're making loud noises, but it's not from the heart. Make it from the heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That means do what he's told you to do. Don't do otherwise. Be his servant. That's it. All right. Brother Ken, will you close us out in prayer?